My name is Zach Bailey, Editor-in-Chief of The Winonan, and I'd like to welcome you all back to our newest episode of The Winonan Wire, a weekly podcast where we will be talking about some of the top stories in this week's copy of The Winonan, the Winona State University student-run newspaper. Each week, we'll be streaming for 7 to 10 minutes, giving you a rundown of the biggest stories in this week's issue. First, Ren Gennerman will be talking to Lori Mickle about Winona State's sexual violence prevention training. After that, Caitlin Goatee will be speaking to Mary Rooney, Rachel Simon, and Lydia Rux about UPAC's Chris Cruzy concert that took place this past weekend, followed by McKenna Scher talking about this past Saturday's shutdown Third Street event. Then we'll finish things off with Madeline Swenson speaking with Kendall Kay about soccer's home game on September 20th. Now I'll pass things over to Ren to focus on the sexual violence prevention training. Thanks, Zach. I know my freshman year I took um, like a D2L Mm -hmm. training. Um, How long has just the D2L training been in place regardless of changes? Uh, I'm not sure the exact um, date, but I know it's been in place for at least the last four, maybe five years, I would say. Okay. Some aspect of it. And has there been... Because I know that there's, like, some statistics taken, like, throughout the school Mm -hmm. year. Has there been, like, a statistically significant change in the amount of reporting or the prevalence of sexual violence at Winona State? Um, I don't... It's hard to correlate whether or not um, the uh, differences in reporting were because of the D2L course um, or if it's because of just all of the other... Um, work that the campus has been doing on the issue because they all kind of happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will say that um, in the last 10 years, um, the number of reports that have come into the campus related to sexual violence have continued to increase. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it is, I think that we could say with some degree of certainty that the, the increase in Reporting is due to the education efforts um, that the campus has been taking, um, whether that is this D2L module or whether or not it's the work that we've been doing through the reinitiative. Um, I think that if we broke it down and, and really delved into it, I think that we would find that it's probably a combination of both. Okay. And then um, I guess one of my last questions is, you know, aside from this training, uh, what other, you know, you mentioned other measures that the campus has been taking. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? So there's the D2L program. Um, we also, uh, at during uh, orientation week, um, we had a production of WEN uh, on campus. Um, there will be speakers throughout the year. Um, there's always the work that the bystander, the bystander training that the reinitiative does. Um, they're continuing to do that work throughout the year, so providing that training, coming into classes and that sort of thing. And we're sort of figuring out what else we can do on campus um, that would be helpful to the students. Mm-hmm. For sure. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Ren. Now on to Caitlin to talk about UPAC's Chris Cruzy concert. Thanks, Zach. Okay, first, could you all state your name, major, and year? Um, hi, I'm Mary Rooney. I am an elementary education major with minors in middle of math, math and reading instruction, and I'm a junior. My name's Rachel Simon. I'm also a junior, and I'm a social work major with a minor in with two minors in women, gender, sexuality studies, and child advocacy studies. And I'm Lydia Rux. I am a senior, and I'm majoring in psychology with minors in public relations and individualized studies. 
Um, what made you decide to do another concert after previously deciding not to? I think for this one, it was a really good deal. Like, it didn't cost us nearly as much as other artists have in the past for, like, big concerts. Um, it's kind of in between a coffee house and a spring concert size show, so we really couldn't pass up the deal. And especially with the artists being local from only Barron, Wisconsin, we figured we could generate um, interest that way. Also, he performed at events like Ashley for the Arts and Country Jam and Country Fest and all those other things where it was something we couldn't pass up, I guess. Right. Um, what are you most excited about for this event? I think just seeing the energy of the audience and him getting to see everybody from here and kind of making an impression on him, like, hey, like, we're from Winona, like, we're a big fan of you as well. And, like, just, like, seeing everyone be so, super energetic, like, listening to his music and everything. I'm excited that it's one of the bigger shows that we've done in a while, and it, there has been, like, a good amount of interest in it. So I'm really excited to see Samson pretty filled up and just have everyone have such an amazing time because he's so... He's just such a really great guy and really entertaining, so I'm really excited to see him. Also, as juniors, we haven't ever gotten to see a concert this big on campus or any event this big on campus, so that's pretty neat. <laughs> Thanks, Caitlin. So, McKenna, tell us a little bit more about Shut Down 3rd Street. So, McKenna, tell me a little bit more about what all the event was this weekend. Hi, so it's actually called the Shutdown Third Street Music and Arts Block par Party, and that's literally just what it is. It's got a ton of events, and every year they've been a little bit bigger. It actually just started a couple years ago, and so up to this point last year, they had 2,000-ish guests come up to it, and so now they're still getting numbers up for that to see how many people were actually there. But it was packed. It was jam-packed. Nice. Good to hear. What were some of the big events that were going on this weekend through the shutdown Third Street? All right. So there they have this year, they had 40 plus regional artists and 34 or more bands, plus tons of food trucks. And a lot of the businesses downtown obviously were open for that business. And also it was family weekend. So they had lots of activities going on for the family friendly kind of scene. But also what was new this year, they partnered with Island City Brewery. And so then this year they actually had drinks and stuff and different activities going around where they didn't have that in previous years. But the main thing is the four stages they have where most of the day it's just different bands and artists performing. Nice. So how long throughout the day were they doing different bands? Was it, did it start early, go late, or yeah, was it just a yeah. small section? So it started from noon and went till 9 p.m. Um, the actual like events and stuff down there went till 1, but the bands pretty much got done around 9 o'clock. Sweet. Sounds good. Anything else from you, McKenna, on the shutdown Third Street that happened? No, not really. I mean, it's super cool, and it's going to happen every year, and hopefully it'll just keep getting bigger, so we're excited. Sounds good. Thanks, McKenna. Now let's check in with Madeline to hear more info on the women's soccer team. Thanks, Zach. Um, so first, can you just introduce yourself? Like, Yeah who you are in your position. Yeah, my name's Kendall Kay. I'm a senior on the soccer team, and I am a midfielder. I was a defensive mid. I recently changed to attacking mid. So, okay. Yeah. How was that change for you? Um, it was it was fine because, I mean, I'm still in the midfield, so it's not as different, yeah. but I'm just attacking a lot more and getting closer to the goal and yeah. more chances to shoot in that position. Yeah, very fun. Okay. Um, do you think... Um, do you think the team could have done better at last night's game? Why or why not? Yes, we definitely could have. Um, I think 
there's always, as much as we don't want to admit it, maybe there's always that like fear factor going into yeah. Mankato, just because they're always number one and they're such you know a good team. Mm-hmm. They always are. Um, so I think that that fear might have gotten to our heads a little more, bit more than we would have liked it to, <laughs> and so we kind of were a little slow and we weren't doing the little things that we know we can. So going into tomorrow's game against Concordia, we're yeah. going to fix those things and hopefully just play a lot faster and just play to our ability that we know we can. What are some of those little things you're talking about? Just playing the ball faster. Yeah. We took a couple, too many touches sometimes. Um, when it came, yeah, so when it came to our feet, we just we didn't get it off our foot as fast as we yeah. should have. Um, we didn't look to attack nearly as much. We just kept kind of playing it backwards and trying to um, and try to keep the ball too much instead of yeah. actually going and attacking and trying to score. Okay. Thanks, Madeline. That's all we have for today. Thank you all for checking out our newest episode of The Winonan Wire. And make sure to pick up a copy of this week's paper or check us out online at winonan.org to read the full stories featured in this week's episode, as well as read up on other things going on around campus. If you haven't already, make sure to hit those like and follow buttons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up to date on all of our centennial events. And don't forget to check back next week. Until then, this is Zach Bailey signing off.